0: and thank you for joining us this is episode 59 with jazz Urias. we'll start with a quick sound bite from jazz
1: i never thought i'd be in a place where i'm like man i own my music and as much as it it would be really nice if someone was like hey you want to jump on this thing with us i don't know that we would readily accept that offer mm. and because as you said you know contracts and things look really good in the moment and and let's just be honest like we're artists we don't we're not paralegals or anything in that like realm where or lawyers where it's like oh no no this article here you're just like no that looks good that looks good and you know signing away so many things and and a a term i hear thrown around a lot is like owning your masters i was Mm -hmm. like what does that even mean and i don't know what that means and that feels really good. What does that mean? That means that you have your real finished product in your hands, on my computer, like on my hard drive. I own that. I don't have a, a an an MP3 or just access to a streaming these days streaming platform of this song is in my hands. It's in mm-hmm. our hands, and that feeling is like having that from the beginning. That's not something that I I personally want to. Uh, give to anybody else not at this point
2: all right welcome to another episode of making it in asheville this is a podcast where you get to hear the stories behind some of your favorite artists and businesses here in town each episode we interview a different local ashevillian we work to uncover how they're making it in asheville what they're making here in asheville and provide you with actionable insights from each conversation
0: And we're your hosts. That was Sarah and I am Tony. And we are a husband and wife team that moved to Asheville in May of 2019. Since then, we've set out to answer a single question. That question is, how does one make it in Asheville? Uh, And we've built this podcast in, you know, the pursuit of that answer. We've interviewed business owners, artists, entrepreneurs, all sorts of businesses. We'll talk about one business quickly, and that is our sponsor, our sponsor. Uh, Range Urgent Care. We've had them as a guest on this show before. Sarah, what makes Range Urgent Care so cool and exciting for this community?
2: They are completely reimagining the way that traditional urgent care is done. Um, So what that looks like is things like you can schedule your visit online so that you can show up at your appointment time.
0: Now, Sarah, if I schedule, Uh am I still going to wait?
2: No. So the beautiful thing is that they took out all that... Uh, boring, horrible wait time that you normally would have to wait. To, um, so it's great for, we say non-emergency situations, things but, but like, urgent. but urgent, exactly. So things like you have a sore throat or maybe you, um, you know, twisted your, your ankle, ankle. It, it's not broken, you know, but you just want to get it checked out. You don't want to have to go to the emergency room and go through that experience. Now,
0: Sarah, how expensive is it? It's got to be crazy <laughs> expensive if there's no wait time
2: no so the great thing is that they have really transparent pricing so that you know exactly what you're going to be paying before you get any sort of care so you can say you know yes or no but also they have subscriptions
0: Mm. so what's a subscription look like is it uh annual subscription is it for families is it for individuals is it for businesses
2: it's for everybody (laughs) so they have different subscription plans um from basic which being the lowest cost per month All the way up to family and business plans. So if you want to get a plan for your uh, small team of employees, you can absolutely do that.
0: Now, here's another question, Sarah. I have insurance. Mm -hmm. Do I still do I still be like, am I able to be a range urgent care patient? Yes, absolutely. Cool. So it works with uh, most major medical uh, insurance plans. You can also pay out of pocket. We really think that they're doing some interesting stuff. We have an episode with them. We also have a very special offer that they're giving to you, our listener, which is the first month free in any uh, annual subscription plan for an individual. That's $30 a month. Um, and that's really fantastic. So, we have a bunch of information about it at makingitinashville.com forward slash range. Alternatively, you can go to rangeurgentcare.com and use Making It in Asheville as a coupon code when you check out. So, um, thank you to our sponsor, Range Urgent Care. Now, episode 59. How? Uh, so, there's a whole bunch of things. We recorded this episode with Jazz on the day that he publishes globally internationally worldwide intergalactically uh his new song called touch from the band project group uh that he is um i guess now a part of called uh two coyote and it has been an earworm we can't (laughs) stop listening
2: i can still hear this song in my head we were just listening to it um, it's super catchy um great to dance around to and
0: a little risque <laughs> so there is a you know clean version on spotify and a, a, a loosely explicit version very uh sensual sexual poppy summery um electronic it's, it's fun it's good
2: yeah. And Jazz is actually the first musician that we've had on the podcast. So we're really, really excited to sort of break into that genre and hear his story um, of becoming a musician, which I would say is, I don't want to say untraditional, but he didn't, he didn't have as much classical training, at least initially, as, you know, I think people associate musicians having. He, he learned through going to gospel choir and like playing drums as a kid um, and really feeling his way through it.
0: Yeah, and that took him to uh, New York's New School. Um, he traveled and has toured with bands, and this is, a, a, according to our conversation, his first real like project where he is the front and the heart of the band of the music. Um, his collaborator collaborator in town's name's Ted. Hear a lot about their relationship, their synergies, which I find really inspiring and exciting. Um, there's just. There's a lot about this conversation that struck me as powerful um, and transferable, but the the one kind of word that I was left with after our conversation is the sense of intentionality. I think Jazz mm-hmm. like really communicated this deep sense of intention with everything that he does um, he 's not just a musician he 's a photographer. He seems to be like a true artist 's artist, constantly thinking about um the intention and the purpose and the reason for each you know photo that he captures and uh song that he intends to put out with. Um, to Coyote and any other projects that come down the, ro- the, the road. Very excited to, to share that, and largely because I don't identify necessarily as an artist. I'm always so fascinated by the artist's brain, um, and this conversation is a great example of you know, speaking with an artist, a true artist.
2: Yeah. So we're about to dive in uh, quick note, know that you can always uh, check out our show notes page at making it forward slash zero five nine. You can get all the links, you can get connected with jazz and all his projects there and everything else that we mentioned in the episode.
0: Perfect. And so without further ado, please enjoy episode 59 with jazz Urias. Uh, enjoy. introduce yourself to our audience uh tell us a little bit about what's going on in your world today okay uh so
1: I'm my name is Jazz Urias uh this is what I'm known by uh at this point um I guess I have a good bit going on these days but the the thing that's at the forefront today primarily is releasing some new music with a long-time friend of mine and um yeah, it just went live today. So with everything else that's going on, this has been added on top. <laughs> a lot of stress and whatnot, but it's it's a I'm really excited.
0: Yeah. And um we're excited as well. So this is in the future when the listener's listening. Uh but Friday the sixth, Oh what's today's the today's fifth. fifth? Friday, 5th. June fifth? Yeah. Holy 5th. smokes. Uh okay. oh, so I say Friday. No, no, this is perfect. No, I mean we're we're just uh, but Friday, June fifth, you're uh-huh. publishing um a song, not a EP, but, but a, a record mm-hmm. onto the world wide web. Also, the world is on fire, which is uh like a very interesting time and place. But yeah. uh we've listened to your song and it was a little bit of a dance party in our tiny little apartment. So, it's, so we're excited to help support and uh, get ears and eyes on your Spotify account and on whatever other channels we can get to. Uh,
2: well, I'm sure that we'll uh, maybe try to play a clip of the song during the end? podcast if yeah. you'll allow us. Yeah, but yeah for sure. <laughs> could you describe a little bit the style of music that you produce?
1: Yeah, so with this particular... Makeup uh, is very pop-driven and pop-oriented. Um, we both play a, a lot of different genres of music, but this we in the tour we toured together. Me and Ted Marks, who is my partner in crime in this, uh, we toured together for a minute, and so most of during the driving, we sat in the front seat together, and we just listened to like Taylor Swift and. <laughs> yeah
0: i'm not ashamed <laughs> great songs there's a reason so um what is what is the name of your project or your band or uh, what is it what would people be looking at
1: uh two coyote t um you but i don't know the yeah, what, um, yeah maybe them. something
0: yeah two
2: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two yeah we was trying to be creative <laughs> but yeah cool. so two coyote with a k coyote cool. with a k yeah
2: what does that mean does it have a, a significance or um,
1: we went back and forth so much um that that's kind of where we landed so the two ended up coming from ted's first initial and then my last initial from yuri ah, okay. and so it just happened to be perfect because it's two of us and and we we wanted to play on like that that sort of duality because we work very 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 well together and so mm-hmm. we wanted to reflect that in our name in a sense now the coyote part I get, i'll get back with you on that. It was, <laughs> no it was just super random and i i think like aesthetically is pleasing and and i mean i like coyotes it really
0: yeah the, they say that the hard like c hard k sound is also like the best english sound mm-hmm. and when you can use that in business names or uh like use it anywhere you can if you want uh your name to be remembered is what i've heard so hard case and transitioning from the c2 k that's cool Uh, well we did it on accident (laughs) (laughs) it is perfect um and so it's got uh, taylor swift influence it's it's electron it sounds like there was a lot of electronic beats generated yeah yeah actually
1: and just kind of like a secret The the drums are all live the drums and bass are live instruments yeah but they are very much influenced by like the floor on the floor dancey vibe electronic music has mm-hmm. you know that really heavy um uh, i would say like kind of soul and jazz in a sense just in the way we we think about music mm-hmm. and i went to school for jazz and so and grew up doing gospel stuff so that's kind of really hard hardwired into me musically um so those those different things find their way into yeah yeah, what we're doing and this track i think specifically had a little bit of that
0: yeah i i would say it's like uh summer anthemic like get get your body to move and it's like ooh i like i want to invite sarah over we live together like sarah i want to invite you over (laughs) i want you to
3: come over to my living room
2: come to the corner
4: (laughs) no
1: that's perfect yeah that's we we didn't see it kind of being such a like yeah when you mentioned that I that made me really excited because we yeah. didn't see it being like a summer like vibe banger but someone said it and then you said it and i was like you know
3: what dad i think we uh
1: yeah, I, yeah. i'm happy with
0: it landing there for sure yeah so so you mentioned that you were trained in like jazz as the background and um I don't know if you said gospel, but I heard gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, what, maybe we start. Uh, what was young jazz into? Like, what, what? When did you get into music? Is because mu- in like the pre-conversation, there's more than music. Like, you yeah. are you are more <laughs> than music. So, like, how did art? How did your uh, relationship with art begin? Um, I know that you're the vocalist on this song. Have you yeah. always been the vocalist? Like, let's go back. Yeah. So take you to
1: 1989 uh the year Uh, i was born oh nice i was three years old uh that's when i really started banging around on on things um so says my mother and then about five years old is when i really began to play drum kit cool and um yeah it's funny i've I've never been like great at a young age, but I guess I just had like a little bit of like, well, a decent amount of the baseline talent and proceeded through that, you know, growing up through, I would say when I was about 16, maybe 16, 17 is when I really started to look at other styles of music because I grew up so, so church oriented. So Mm -hmm. yeah, let me, I'm sorry. I, I skipped a, large chunk of my life <laughs> so when i was five and i was playing in church my mom was a choir director she was always on to me when i was playing and like with timing and consistency like don't don't speed up don't slow down and so that's where i kind of really got my relationship with this timing and rhythm yeah. was like like that and gospel music is extremely cutthroat it's a very competitive genre of playing (laughs) and so I've had I have I have cousins who have done really great things in the gospel music industry that are quite well known and successful and a few of them are still doing like a lot of big things today but having all of those things sort of be what I looked to in the sense of like talent and success kind of drove me to to really try to be really great at it and so moving on, you know, playing in church, I wasn't the best drummer, so I didn't always get to do the most fun things with all of that stuff, but I kind of just persevered and I've always just kept my head down and stu- like studied and practiced, things like yeah.
2: that. Did yeah, you- did you have any formal training or did you just teach yourself and learn through gospel practice?
1: Yeah, so at this point, I like, there was one drummer that I watched all the time that played he was like talented but I, as a result I picked up a lot of his bad habits mm-hmm. um and so at that point like and up until I went to school later I didn't I didn't take any lessons it was just all kind of like natural talent listening mm-hmm. to people kind of yeah. watching some things
2: yeah so there are the like uh, so I grew up playing the piano and and the way that I learned was very much like formal education like reading the <laughs> the notes and like mm-hmm. you know l- I, I had to visually see it. I couldn't just sit down and just play a song. That's just not how I my brain worked, I guess. How would you describe the way that you learn? Like, can, do you just sort of, can you hear something and then just sort of play it back? Or are you more of a, I got to read the notes. I got to, I got to like, not notes, but I guess with, yeah. with percussion, but.
1: Yeah, no, it's notes. Yeah, for I mean, sure. They're yeah. like beats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, for me. Because I kind of had to visualize things mentally and not mm-hmm. like not seeing them in front of me, I I never really started with that with the, the classical approach, so to speak. Yes. I did take piano when I was younger, which was cool, like melodically and harmonically, but with as far as like rhythm, it it was just something that I could just feel and it mm-hmm. and I could hear it and then I could translate it internally and then just sort of replicate those sort of things or replicate it in the way that I figured I could play it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I didn't really get into reading music until I went to, um, well, it was my second college. I went to the new school for jazz and contemporary music in New York and I was there a year. And that was when I really like had to sit down with just (laughs) seeing what I'm playing like
0: on paper. And that was, different. <laughs> and we just for for uh mentally kind of walking through the story with you. Where did you grow up? Were you from North Carolina? No, so I'm originally from Greenville, South Carolina.
1: Okay. That's where I was born and raised. Um yeah, like my entire youth was spent there. And it's interesting for me because my mom is like kind of an adopted New Yorker in a sense. She lived there for over 20 years and um uh, uh-huh. Yeah. My cousins were all there. So I was, you know, raised in the South by New Yorkers in a sense.
0: <laughs> so we have a, I grew up in New Jersey. Uh, Sarah had a, she's from Atlanta, grew up in Atlanta. Mm. Uh, and our, I guess, official love story started in in Brooklyn, New York. And so uh, you say the new school, yeah, you know, like we, yeah. some of our first dates were in that area. So, yeah. um, uh, we're, we're with you on that. And I think it's, That's an interesting dynamic to be, you know, a a New York transplant in the South. Um, Mm -hmm. I I can't imagine in the early 90s or late uh, 80s how different things would be. I feel at least in Asheville, I look around, I'm like, this is kind of like, there's Brooklyn vibes here. I feel like we're not the only people to have left Brooklyn (laughs) and and come come to Asheville. Um, And so, and I just have to imagine that it was, it was much the difference from being uh, someone grew up in Greenville goes to New York is different than someone who lived a couple of years in New York and comes to Greenville or Asheville oh, yeah. today. Um, I also imagine that I'm visually thinking of the movie whiplash with, oh, I can't, I can't think gosh. of that guy's, that actor's name, yeah. but like, are, am I, are you pushing? or Are you dragging? Yeah. Are you pushing? or Are you dragging? And I imagine like yeah. the, how different uh, music school might be from uh, from just playing music and having a skill in music. So what was that first year in New York like?
1: Well, fortunately for me, I'd spent a countless amount of time there visiting family. Mm-hmm. And so, however, you know, you go into like the dynamic that is music school and, it, you know, I, was, I felt prepared because again, how I grew up with things being so competitive, getting to, school and you know i have a lot of opinions about music school but getting there and seeing just how competitive things are um but in a in a different way that i didn't really care for very much but it was like it was a lot of like some of the some of the whiplash elements where there are kids that would be in the practice rooms just hours and hours and hours a day and you know i can't read so i'm like i'm not sitting in this room looking (laughs) at this piece of paper for eight hours so (laughs) i i just you know i look and see what i what i could see and i would play what i could play and i i didn't really push myself as hard as a lot of the people around me were because i had already i wouldn't say i had success but i'd already done some things and Mm -hmm. seen some things and so i didn't feel like i needed to push myself as hard to please some of these people over me Hmm. um there are of course some opportunities that i didn't get to to experience because of how the the school system is arranged and set up in the way of you know they want to be able to like be technical and read but you know also you have to maintain some sort of talent and i saw a little bit more of one than the other to be honest and so it it made me not want to push as hard as some of the other people who like really take professor so-and-so's opinion to heart as mm. much as maybe some of the other people, you know?
2: Yeah. And I, th- I feel like, especially with art, it's so, it's so open to interpretation. It's not like a math class where you get it wrong. It's like, it's wrong. Like it's yeah. not right. And <laughs> like, there's no other way around it. Um uh-huh. But with art, it's, you know, taking a professor's someone else's opinion, whether it's a professor or not,
4: mm-hmm.
2: you can take it or leave it because yeah. at the end of the day, if you like what you're making, then that's kind of what matters. I mean maybe that's yeah. a wrong opinion, I don't know, but nah,
1: I think that's really accurate <laughs> i yeah. i felt I felt that a lot in that you know, like you said, art is what it is, and you can't i don't I don't personally feel like you can teach art. You know, that is born mm-hmm. out of experience and, I mean, essentially experience. And you just can't teach somebody experience. You can set up guidelines so maybe someone doesn't mm-hmm. make the same mistakes or maybe kind of fast tracks and things. But yeah, as far as like trying to teach art, that's, I don't know, I can't comprehend that. Yeah,
0: really. There's a quote that's uh, stuck out with us from uh, Naval uh, Ravikant, who says that, everything can be learned but not everything can be taught and i like that stands out to me because i I think of you as a as a young person like watching the drummer Mm -hmm. and picking up like i and i think of like i played sports and so we would swing like ken griffey because that like that's who you would watch and so everyone had these (laughs) terrible swings that were like home run swings yeah but like but no one was teaching that but it was Mm -hmm. something that's able to be learned and i don't I, I always say that like I'm a uh like a struggling artist who's never attempted any form of art but always like admired it from afar. Uh and so I, I see artists and I'm 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 with you on the fact that um in a, in a lot of ways there are let's say there could be rules. Knowing them, let's call it helpful, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think that uh and so I'm um, talking on myself on circles, but then we just had this episode with um, Sarah Jane case around the Enneagram. And I, yeah. I'm now starting to think like, and it also depends on who you are and how you're like hardwired mm-hmm. because Sarah's starting to think that she's a six in the Enneagram, which means like, give me rules. yeah, And like, I want to achieve based on rules. And I'm like, if it's not fun, I'm <laughs> not going to do it. And so, like, if you put me in like a high stakes, you, you know, band, I need to, it needs to also be fun. If the coach, instructor, uh, conductor <laughs> is a like a jerk, I'm out. Not fun. I agree. Peace. I would be the one that's like, <laughs> I,
2: I would I would take everything that the professor says to heart and want to be good and do it yeah. right. <laughs> I
1: yeah, I, I definitely share a little bit of both of those, especially like getting a hard gig (laughs) you get a hard gig and I'm I can't think of one specifically but I can think of like the feeling around okay I gotta show up did all my homework charted out some things so that I can remember rhythms you go in and it's it's like cool man thanks for coming and you're like uh what does that mean (laughs) (laughs) do I come to the gig or not but yeah (laughs) but I feel like but also I enjoy the other side where you go in and they're like it's super loose not too loose but it's loose and everyone's having a good time and i like the middle of that if it's loose and there's talent hmm. that is just the ideal situation you know and then and it makes performing just be able yeah. to go to that next level yeah, yeah I, I definitely i feel both sides of that
2: <laughs> so tell us a little bit about uh, after school yeah. what, mm-hmm. what did you do next in the music world
1: um So, let me see, I left New School uh, specifically because my kid came about, little Charles, Charles DDA, my little boy, I love him to death. And so, I also though, I I wasn't really enjoying the atmosphere of being there and I really couldn't visualize how it would truly help me with what Mm -hmm. I wanted to do. And so, I stepped out and I stayed down. I, went, I actually went back to South Carolina and I was there a few years. And at that time I'd like worked some jobs. I didn't really do anything musically that was notable, so to speak, but I just kept pushing and I played a lot of local gigs, did that thing. And then I did jump on with a band um, that was doing fairly well, I feel. And um, they had, worked with a producer out of atlanta he'd done some stuff with outcast and a few other people and they produced this um album which is honestly it's a it's so it was the band called stereo reform and the the album was uh the future started yesterday i
0: believe that's right it's a good title
1: yeah it was it's really is it's actually a really good album if you guys like some dancey stuff yeah dance a funk or rockatronic is what it was (laughs) self-described and it did have every single one of those things but two of the most amazing guys that I've you know met in my musical career I still um keeping constant contact with one of the guys Will and he actually is going to be playing on one of our upcoming tracks and but yeah I I did that with them before I kind of figured that you know I want to do something else and then I got a call that is what landed me here in Asheville wow uh, yeah
0: and and just because you know we we've, we've now uh attempted to do as much research as we w- when does photography show up Is that yeah. happened the whole time because it you know vogue yeah. italia right. <laughs> that's, that's that's called a red herring so like, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, how does photography and like what other arts are showing up Are you are you just constantly in art mode create mode um mm-hmm. or is that uh, something that takes more like intention or thought?
1: Um, I guess I've always been a true artist to heart, especially, especially visually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started, so I went to college before new school. I went to Clemson for architectural engineering. And so I was always into design and like interiors decor, which, you know, is very much influenced by art. People love their art pieces. And so I've, I've loved photographs specifically since I was a kid. I used to go to my grandmother's house and she had all these old National Geographic magazines Mm -hmm. and I just pull those out and all the time I just flip through the pages. I never
0: read a word of that stuff, but I looked at all of the pictures. My God, same. I've never never read like a word of a magazine. I don't think once. I'm just pictures. Send me the pictures and the headlines. That's it. I feel the same.
1: Yeah. So I did that. I think that just followed me along for, for my entire life, just really enjoying great imagery. Hmm. And uh, that actually, after um, I was touring with the, the band that I moved to Asheville with is I met someone who was really a catalyst for that. And just looking through my Instagram, she's just like, take amazing photos are these all with your iphone yeah just on tour here and there she's like you need to get a camera Mm -hmm. like a a camera just so happens i had bought a film camera about (laughs) five years before then four or five years because i'm still living in south carolina at the time when i got it Mm -hmm. but i bought it it's crazy just scrolling ebay i'm like yeah let me buy this film camera and it came, and I was like, oh, cool. And then I put it on a shelf, and then never <laughs> touched it. <laughs> so weird. And, uh, yeah, so she told me that, and we were on the phone, and it was near my birthday. And uh, I was like, you know, I'm going to go get some batteries for this thing. And I went and bought a lens that day and, and a roll of film. I started on film. And, Whoa. Yeah, and just jumped it in. Wow. And
2: how, did you know, like, how – like, did you um... – What's the word where you take the film and turn it into a photo? Oh, um, developing. <laughs> developing. Thank you. Um, did you know how did you develop your own photos or does that did you just send it off to
1: that is currently where I'm at now. It's funny. It took cool. I guess I've been shooting through four years, almost four years, three and a half years now. And uh yeah, I i just found a bunch of things that I don't know. I've always kind of I leave a lot to the universe. Most of the time I'm like, you know, I don't want to push this. If this is how it's supposed to be, then, then I, So I always take in these signs, so to speak. And yeah, last week I was in a thrift store and I found a developing kit. Wow. I thought, okay, it's time. And so that's that's my next venture here in the next few months is to kind of dive into doing that thing. But back then, no, I was just taking it to there's a local guy, really great dudes. And they they do good work. And yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. I so I just would sort have of- I, I almost to think that someone would start photography called five years ago and go with film as like, <laughs> yeah, let me, let me figure this out. Like, that just seems, um, hard. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't know enough about photography to, but my assumption is like digital camera cha-ching, look yeah. at it. Oh, that's not in focus. <laughs> you know you only get however many uh exposures i'm thinking i'm using the right word uh, mm-hmm. on film so it yeah. just seems like higher stakes and and that's cool it's bad yeah
1: it's expensive to be bad at that's for mm. sure so <laughs> i um definitely i remember the my first and only bad role because i'm just that guy. i'm like i don't want to make the same mistakes twice so yeah uh, I had a friend and I had modeled for her for a few of her creative projects and she was the current developer at this business I go to and she's like um what are you shooting on and what mode are you using and I, and I told her I was like well this role you know I was feeling good I was gonna shoot manual and she's like well don't do that because <laughs> none of these photos came out and they were all just awful and just just underexposed or blurry or whatever and but you know, I I really appreciate the process that film is and I and it does spill into a lot of different avenues of my life mm. and just how I approach things. And film, like you said, you have you have twenty four or thirty six exposures and that's what you get. And I it makes me like look at things really particularly. When I shoot now I shoot digitally now, I don't shoot uh analog very much these Hmm. days unless i'm feeling really special but uh yeah i shoot digitally and i'll sit and i'll tell like my models i'm like okay so here's the deal i shoot really slow compared to a lot of people that you probably work with i'm not gonna sit there and click a thousand photos that's just not my style and and i'll just stare and look at something and uh, move a little something and or i'll take a picture and see something and go and move that make sure the lighting's right. And then once all of those things just really kind of my, all of my shoots do flow very similarly in that they'll start that way. And then they'll just slowly move into this mode of where, okay, now everything is good or this magic moment Mm. just happened and just capitalizing on those things. But I like, I really feel like I owe that all to how I began and the film process.
0: Cool. And how did Vogue Italia happen? Uh, I think that was by,
1: accident oh yeah I remember the first picture yeah i took these pictures with some two friends of mine we went on a hike these two girls and i took this really dope they were pretty close and so the one girl wasn't even going to come on this shoot and we went into the woods uh not far from Asheville, and just kind of like played around in the water and chill and i was like guys you know You clearly are really good friends. Just do what you would do if I wasn't here. Just like hang out. And so they were just hanging out and they're like really two awesome women. And and I just happened to catch this moment that was that they were just like really looking at each other and like having this discussion. And that ended up being my first photo called Eve's Eve's. (laughs) And um yeah, it I submitted it to Vogue. I had another photographer friend that uh, she's moved to New York now, but she lived here in Nashville. And I saw that she was submitting to the platform and I thought oh, I'll give it a chance. I didn't have any expectation or any hopes for it, but yeah, they accepted that photo. And I was like, Whoa, what? Got this picture I just, just Picked up by Vogue. That's cool. <laughs> and then I just kind of like kept shooting and submitting, but trying to maintain the same thing around that. Like, you know, if they like it, they will like it. If they don't, I like it.
2: And how, how would you describe your style? I mean, I'm sure we're going to link to <laughs> your photos so people can check them out. But is sure. there a particular style that you tend to stick to or does it vary?
1: It, uh, you know, it's funny because I, I've been told that like, I see a photo and I know it's yours. And I'm like, well, that's a big compliment because I see a picture of mine sometimes. I'm like, what was I doing? And so it's, I would describe it I shoot a lot of uh, editorial type things and high fashion. I work with a lot of um, makers in the area. Uh, kind of built some really good relationships, so I call on them and say, "Hey, I want to do this thing." But my, I try to stay within a, the same tone with my photos, um, just overall, and just the aesthetic might shift just a bit. But I do try. I like since I did begin shooting with film a lot of my pictures still kind of retain that that vibe so it's kind of like high fashion film sort of like vibes you know and I I love I and I do love fashion just in general so I I really I really want the photo to say something and and a lot of that is just with style and so styling things and just capturing like that editorial, like
0: very like, Oh, intentional sort of look. And that's mostly found on Yazé. Yazé. Uh, th- mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So we'll have links to that in the show okay. notes. Uh, but <laughs> I, I I'm into it. Like I, we, we kind of geeked out on all of your uh, Instagram channels Nice, <laughs> and, uh, and then I've, i found your song and then mm-hmm. I reached out about the song, and then we found out that it was coming out now. Yeah, um, and so I think, you know, I guess, help us understand more about uh, Two Coyote. So, um, like, Ted is your partner in the in the in the band or in the project. Um, how long have you been working together? How long has this song been, um, I guess, uh,
2: in the making? In the making, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. and yeah. and give give us more about two coyote. What's the, what's the plan?
1: Yeah. So yeah, we, goodness, we talked about this two years ago, I think me and Ted and we hang out in his home studio and we're kind of working on this and that. And it wasn't, it just like, you know, timing is a big factor with a lot of things with people. And so I I know for me, it just, it wasn't going to work then because it wasn't the right time. So then last year I, I just had, I woke up and I was like, man, I need to hit Ted up. I need to, like, I need to, an outlet, a different outlet that's still musical because I'm just being a drummer of, what, like 30 years now, maybe. Um, it's, that's kind of what people have known me as. I've, like, I've always kind of just been in the back in this kit. And then I started playing with people where I'm like, hey, I don't want to sit in the back. Put me on the side. And then it was like, that became kind of a push for some folks and it created a little friction Which I don't really shy away from, but I also don't want that to be the main vibe musically. And so I was feeling so much of that pushback that I'm like, you know what? I feel like like the universe is trying to lead me somewhere else. And so I woke up, me, I was like, man, me and Ted were making music. Let's just see what happens. And so it just works out. Last year, I think it was like fall, fall sometime we really we had been kind of seeing each other and i pop in and he'd be gone and i catch him when he's back same thing with me and then finally we we got to a good spot actually he showed me this track he showed me he had built this track and he's like man check this out and he played and i was like man that's dope uh i like this what's the plan and he, he said now let's just play around with it. let's just see what happens and so we do for a little bit and finally we were like all right we need to make this a weekly thing and so we start meeting up weekly and we're working on this track all through the winter and yeah i think early this year we were just getting it and getting it and finally right man i think this is it we need to make we got to put this out but we have to do it right and so that was like the birth of countless conversations between me and him of all the things we wanted and didn't want in our lives, specifically musically too. Mm -hmm. And so we, we've always maintained that conversation throughout the creative process. And we'll just, you know, I I can also say that I've never, I've never worked with anyone professionally. Like I've worked with Ted where I, I've heard other artists talk about it and I'm like, I don't know, that seems too good to be true, but we can be sitting in the studio and he'll say, I want to do this thing and he'll maybe go to look for whatever it is. But all the while I'm like, yeah, okay, well, I'm gonna think about it. Then I'll think, and then I'll arrive at something mentally. And then he'll be like, what if, and it'll be exactly what I was thinking. Like almost in tandem, so just like right in time. And I'm like, man, this is what? The first time it happened, I remember we both just kind of like looked at each other like, <laughs> and then it happened like three more times that night and so that's just kind of now it's just regular and it yeah. and because we've been spending so much time together in this process we went we went shopping yesterday and <laughs> we were in the mall and there was something that's so funny he said he, it was just another thing he was talking to me and I was like man it's crazy that this is happening in the mall now this is <laughs> not in our works, our work area so he's always been a homie uh, would give you the shirt off his back. He's just one of the nicest people I I know in a real way. And yeah, we just sat and worked with this and continued through the creative process, and it led us up to this point now where we were like, all right, well, we're gonna release it and let's just see what happens. And I, I mean, I guess all of that took place just like over the course of I guess eight months, six, seven, eight months.
2: Uh, and and did you ever disagree about something when you were writing the music or the way that it should be?
1: That's the cool thing about me and Ted is uh we do. We definitely d- will disagree about things, but it's it's not confrontational, but it's also yeah. not like in a way of like, well, I don't want to say anything to hurt mm-hmm. you. you yeah. know? It's just like, I don't know if I like that. And then, and both of us, we definitely hold on to, We agreed when we started this. We said, first and foremost, we're going to put our all into it. And if it's not right, we're not going to do it. And um, secondly, we were just like, we got to agree to not be married to anything. And, like, nothing can be, like, in stone. And, you know, (laughs) my mom would tell you my personality is I can be stubborn. I'm a Leo, so... Yeah, uh, so there's like moments where I'm like, ah, you know, in life. But with <laughs> Ted, it's he's such a nice dude, and I always know like where his intentions lie, and so I don't take anything personally. And the same with him, and we'll we'll say, okay, well, that's not gonna work. Let's try to find something else. Let's yeah. figure it out.
0: Um, d- did you end up doing all? Like, I I don't know all of the right terms, but did you do all of the? Production, mixing, mastering, all of the things from taking the recorded sound and putting it into the final product?
1: Yeah. So we did, yeah, we did every single piece of that except for mastering. Um, I have to nod my head to Pat Keen Mastering. Uh, I believe he's out of Portland, Maine. I believe. Cool dude. Uh, well, I, I say that I haven't met him personally, but uh, his work seems like he'd be a cool dude. Uh, he just <laughs> <laughs> He he did all of the mastering there, but uh Ted is an incredible like we both have really great ears and together it's just great. But Ted, man, he can just he'll hear something and I'll be like, Yeah, you know, and he'll he'll knows how to fix it or I can be like, Man, you hear this, da 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 and he'll be like, Oh yeah, we need to do this. Wow. And so he does all the mixing and um yeah, most just about I would say maybe 80 85 percent of everything that we do is done side by side which is really cool it's so if he's changing things he's like what do you think about this mm-hmm. and this is back but yeah we um wrote the lyric we co-wrote the lyrics of this song and the melody um yeah and and we did it all here in Asheville. It's and amazing. we'll continue to
0: <laughs> love it and th- Cause I'm, I'm constantly thinking about like the business model. Talk to me Mm -hmm. or us, sorry. Talk to us about um, the, like the plan or uh, do you have a label? Is there someone that's repping you? I don't, I I don't pretend to know the ins and outs of the music industry, but like, what's your strategy? What's the plan for the project?
1: Oh yeah. Um, We have a very specific strategy and I will, a lot of it is, not completely done and we're working on it and Mm -hmm. so the plan i could say the plan is that as of right now jazz and ted own just about all of everything in the music and moving forward that's what it's going to always be so we're currently we're doing a lot of research and snatching up domains and Mm -hmm. getting all of our business things in line because we this is this is what we want to do not with just ourselves but with other people mm-hmm. and so we're setting up a model to where you know who knows there maybe a record label eventually be born out of this and publishing and um one of the things that I always wanted to do when I was a kid was um do A&R and I thought I had a great ear for hearing potential and talent and that at this point is looking like something that could be very realistic. So cool.
0: And just yeah. because uh, acronyms are sometimes funny. I don't know what A&R means, but I think it means that you manage artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say it's it's funny yeah. I threw it out there like, I yeah, like, no, because yeah, it's, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's it's an industry term and, 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 and maybe we don't need the exact like what do the letters mean, but yeah, it, yeah. It, it's the person if I'm not mistaken, it's the person at the record label or studio mm-hmm. or whatever. That is the relationship yeah. finder of the bands. Mm-hmm. And
1: Yeah. And build and they build on that. And they have a very important job. And sometimes, especially if that's not if it's like a garbage person, that could be it could set some people up for failure. Mm-hmm. And we've always, um, uh Ted and I, we've always just been like, man. We know what it feels like to be treated like garbage we've been on the road we've done all that stuff we've been in studios you know engineers think they know everything and all this kind of stuff and it's like you know we never want to be those people like who knows the track picks up and then three days from now we're millionaires we don't ever want to reflect bad on musician and artists because you know we're at the forefront of so much in society and and it and it feels good like in our community to just be treated well at least by one another. And so mm-hmm. like, in going into that sort of a role, I've always just thought, you know, it'd be nice to meet somebody who genuinely wants to help, who genuinely wants to do this or that. And so that's been like our, our idea behind everything that we're wanting to do and what we're trying to do. And so, yeah, that's, I was I've thought, you know, and that's something that I could be as well as like having like other responsibilities, but just saying hey oh i'm out of this bar i heard this thing this person and you're like let me talk to them and see but yeah you're right they're like the handshake between like artist and label
0: that, that seems like a fun role if, if, <laughs> if nothing else i uh i agree with you and i i i'm constantly i have a, one of my best friends in the world college best friend uh is a musician singer songwriter and i've always had you know, I I say I'm like the struggling artist that's never done the art. And I'm always like, so I I feel at least empathetic and like want to support artists and like wish that in some way or another, like they thought about their passion and like art as a business so that they were, I don't know, protected or not not never going to be taken advantage of and like wouldn't necessarily sign contracts are going to put them um, at a disadvantage forever. Yeah, uh, and so when we had our pre-conversation, I was like, it, "Or would we be able legally to like play <laughs> any of your song?" And you're like, y- "No, a hundred percent. Yeah, I, we own it." And I was like, "Yes."
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like how we. That's the way. Yeah, that's the idea. I I never thought I'd be in a place where I'm like, man, I own my music. And as much as it it would be really nice if someone was like, "Hey, you want to jump on this thing with us?" I don't know that we would readily accept that offer Mm. and because as you said you know contracts and things look really good in the moment and and let's just be honest like we're artists we don't we're not paralegals or anything in that like realm where or lawyers where it's like oh no no this article here you're just like no that looks good that looks good and you know signing away so many things and and a, a term i hear thrown around a lot is like owning your master's I was mm-hmm. like, what does that even mean? And I don't know what that means. And that feels really good. What does that mean? That means that you have your real finished product in your hands on my computer, like on my hard drive. I own that. I don't have a, a an, an MP3 or just access to a streaming these days, streaming platform of this song is in my hands. It's in mm-hmm. our hands. And that feeling is like having that from the beginning. That's not something that I've, I personally want to uh, give to anybody else, not at this point. And I feel like Ted feels the same. I don't want to like speak for him, but we've talked mm-hmm. so much about it that I feel he would agree. Like, we want as much of all of this to just continue to be ours. Yeah. Because no makes one wants sense. to start a business and then give it to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it's you're like. It.
2: <laughs> exactly. I mean, it just seems so common sense and it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy that that's not how historically it's been for musicians and artists. So
0: but I mean that's that is I think that's the point and it's perhaps one of the gifts of this uh, technological uh, boom in the last call it 20 years 10 years five years is that there were very real and and like concrete gatekeepers there were however many labels and there weren't many and there were however many A&R uh, reps and there weren't many and you needed one of them to, co- to co-sign and say like that's our talent but then if you get that and you do sign away your entire career like they might not still put out your music and they might put you in the cooler for a decade and and like you're just sitting there and so like it was the only way out or Mm -hmm. uh, historically and then it wasn't even a guarantee and so today you know you though it's hard and it's its own has its own like uphill struggles like you could put a mp3 onto spotify yeah yeah and you, and you have direct access to whatever billion listeners that spotify <laughs> gets yeah. and and you could publish on youtube and and that's a gift it's also a challenge there's more music out than perhaps ever before oh, um and there's no necessarily a filter you can get like new music friday on spotify yeah. <laughs> it's like the closest thing but like i don't know Ooh. it's so interesting
2: Mm -hmm. What, I mean, what have you done in terms of a launch? Like, have you uh, thought about launching this new song in a um, strategical way or, Mm -hmm. or what's the process of launching a song? Yeah. Yeah. Marketing
1: promotion. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. Like, I think for this, because again, we're artists and we are, we're learning a lot of things. Well, we were trying to learn a lot of things in a small amount of time for launching this particular single, and we you know self admittedly t- between both of us we like you know we didn't do the best we could with it because there's such there's a learning curve, of course, and we're taking on a few different roles that we don't intend to keep moving mm-hmm. forward, and we're we want to build a team that really is just gonna be like all right. We just have it all set up, essentially. And it's just going to be like start to finish because we're wearing, you know, we're both producers and we're we're doing that and like focusing on, oh, man, I don't want to talk too much today because I have to sing. I'm just kidding. I'm not that person. (laughs) But but I am being mindful of, like, you know, I might want to do this or that. And so we have this process of the music is always first. That's number one. Like, that's got to be perfect. And with touch, we really didn't think about much of anything until it was time to think about launching and i don't know how realistic it is to maintain that model but i think we would like to but now we have so many different wheels turning that that the part of the process now is going to be finding the team the right people the right someone that knows the marketing that gets mm-hmm. it, but never losing our creative control of it all which you know we're, we still want you know we'll own it and all that good stuff but it's going to be more of a all right guys here's here's everything do what you do but still like under our umbrella yeah that is we'll call it too coyote for now and so that, mm-hmm. under that thing and that that whole like just kind of having your camp that word gets thrown around but it's it's a true thing you know you have like your camp and everybody's there for the same reason the intentions are right it's a, gonna be a good time and then yeah at at I think the ideal thing is just having so many things in line for the next single that it'll, it'll, it'll have, it'll already have a little sting behind it before it's even.
2: Yeah. Well, and you'll have, you'll have known what it was like to do it the first Mm -hmm. time. So that will kind of, I don't know, for us, at least it always sort of frees up that bandwidth because, or that mental ability to like take it to the next level and say, okay, I'm going to do this and then do that and add things on to make it, Better and better and better.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sometimes
0: uh, over analyzing and over strategizing the first launch uh, (laughs) is is a blocker in its own way. Whereas, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, obsessing over the sound could be its own form of uh, paralysis. But I I support that over obsessing over the launch and not putting (laughs) anything out. You know, I think the goal is to flex the publish. Muscle, right? Yeah. Like, and if you yeah. can consistently publish, like, I think of, I think of you know the the folks who are now mainstream who started with just like YouTube channels or mm. uh, mixtapes, uh, and because they weren't on a lo- label, could put out two albums in a year, yeah. Um, yeah. and that's nuts. That's like insane <laughs> production volume, right? It is. <laughs> um, but it's it's like with most things, if you get more reps than the next guy, you're mm-hmm. you have a a higher chance of of eventually getting the skill down or growing the audience. Um, There's a guy, Ryan Holiday, we read, his books are great, let's say, but typically have stoic uh, lessons in them. Mm. He wrote a book on how to write a perennial seller book, meaning the book is constantly being purchased. Mm. Um, And he, he says that the single best thing you can do as an author to sell your book is write your next book that's crazy <laughs>
1: and i feel that a lot <laughs>
0: yeah. like you want you want touch to get plays mm-hmm. put out touch two or you know yeah. the second the, second yeah. sequel.
1: the sequel which yeah. is in the works and it's funny you said that i was talking to ted on the phone this morning and and, you know, it's a big day and he's like, yeah, man, we it's, it's all here. Dah, 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 dah. And I was like, yeah. And we both kind of at the same time were like, all right, so about this next <laughs> thing. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's where we want to live at is we're, we've, we've started that process. And now because of where we are in the process of touch, we're like, all right, so this is what we can do with the next one to ensure that we have the same opportunity mm-hmm. or a better opportunity for this to be, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it is, it is that thing with like writing that next book and, Mm -hmm. and we're, we're honestly, we're, (laughs) I think we have about, we're about five books out to be honest. So touch is like the, the beginning of it all. And then we have the one that we're actively working on right at this moment. And then we have about two or three more tracks that are just kind of hanging out until we Mm -hmm. get to them. And you know they're great tracks. I I have to honestly just say that I've never been so proud of work, it's my musical work, mm-hmm. as I have been lately with with this project and working with someone who closely like mirrors like my values and in, in, in the way of like you said, just obsessing over the music and everything. It can't be. We don't want anything to stick out to us, right? It is like okay yeah. well, that, that and so we move through it and then we make this really awesome piece
2: do you have a um a particular process or creative process like do you wake up in the morning and spend an hour writing or playing around with different sounds um or is it is it not methodical like that at all I mean how how do you work creatively
1: yeah um well actually i I wrote a song, I guess it was about a a few weeks ago and I actually heard it in a dream and I'd never, that I've I've heard it, but that happened before, but I've never just had to like, I don't know. I've never just been motivated to be like, I got to get this down in this particular day I, I was. And so I did it and it took a little bit of, I needed to upgrade some stuff, which can be very like. It can just be such a barricade creatively if you can't, if your equipment can't do what you need it to do at least yeah. a little bit. So yeah, like I finally got to a place where i would gotten some things replaced that really needed that. And I sat down and it was just so effortless and I was able to get everything just kind of done and worked out. It may or may not be a two coyote thing, but that, that is becoming more of my process in this all. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never sang before so that's a very new thing this is you never literally my first vocal performance <laughs> wow it publicly anyway like, i gotta sing around the house um my girlfriend hears me sing all the time and she's like she's like i love it and i'm like i'm just playing around <laughs> yes, <though." And> <laughs>
0: i would describe it as silky uh like it's, it's just it- it's good. I, I I asked, assuming that you've always been a vocalist. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Did you? Were you sang on the song?" And then it, my assumption was, after hearing yes, that you've clearly always been like <laughs> the front man of the band. And then to find out that it was a drummer, I I went to like Phil Collins. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. so you're sing, so you're singing and playing yeah. drums. That's hard to do. That seems right. hard. Um, to find out that this is the first time you've ever. uh, And the vocalist is just surprising.
1: Yeah. It, you know, I just finally called my mom. Well, I sent the song, the rough edit to my mom and I
0: was like, this
1: is weird, but I'm gonna send it to her this song just because, you know, the subject matter. And she's just like, I love it. And I was like, really? (laughs) She's like, it only took you 30 years to start singing. So she gets so mad at me when I was a kid and she would try to make me sing in church and I was extremely shy and. I just was, I was not about it. And so now it was really uncomfortable. I remember the first session, me and Ted were doing the vocal sessions. We had gotten the track to a good spot and we're like, all right, we need to just step away from this and we need to just do vocals for now. And I said, okay. And I'm like, man, I've never not told him, I was like, man, I never really sing in front of people. So bear with me a little bit. I'm still kind of working on like being comfortable. And so, I got more and more and more comfortable and we've currently uh, changed studio locations. And so we've upgraded. So, well, not we, Ted has upgraded a lot of equipment and put some time and money into it. And so Mm -hmm. we did a quick session uh, a few days ago and it was funny to me because I was like, Oh, I'm way more comfortable. And just in hearing, when you're able to hear yourself in a really like clean and produced, situation which now we we have this mm-hmm. really amazing just ideal for us set up and he was talking to me, he's like man you know you're a good singer he's like but it's crazy like hearing you through that equipment I could tell that it made you a better singer <laughs> and it's like and then I was telling him I was like well you know I've never done this so it I, I'm learning the wrong ways of how to sing and what not to push or what like the mood of the room as it has to be for me. And these Uh are things that we intend to carry into our performance also is we don't want this. We don't want lights like this. We don't want sounds like this. It's gotta be this, this, and that. So that in every situation where there's just like sitting in our whatever studio, doing whatever, out on a (laughs) festival stage, kind of trying to carry that vibe. Yeah between those places.
2: Yeah. Do you intend on, I mean, I, I know right now it's, it's a challenge because we're in the middle of the pandemic and concerts are not really <laughs> happening, but um, it, do you intend to, performing, to perform at a lot of concerts or create video concerts to share at some point?
1: Oh, for sure. Um, this has kind of been a S- somewhat of a blessing in disguise in that we, because of the, the COVID pandemic, we've had a lot of time to work together. And because we had already been um, seeing each other weekly, we just agreed, you know, we'll maintain that working relationship mm-hmm. so that we can keep moving through this process. And mm-hmm. so we were able to continue working through the pandemic side by side. And it it just, yeah, it, it really... I don't know. It was such a helpful thing because it gave us time to think about the more of the future things, especially performances and yeah. what that looked like. Some, some artists that I really love don't really perform. And I think that's really cool. Also, we do want to perform and tour, but only again, it's, it's very particular, only those right places. And um, yeah, yeah.
0: I love that, and I'd love to ask about like the psychology. I'm saying psychology, maybe that's not the right word, but like um, of being the rhythm section, right? Uh-huh. So you're you're the heart of the song, is my understanding of what the the drums are, and then um, this desire to, to front and to vocal uh-huh. and be a vocalist. But um, you know, you've been a model. You you're used to, I'm assuming, used to performing, what makes it different? Um, and what, what did you like go of or like conquer to finally step into the uh, recording studio and have a mic, you know, pointed at your face instead of the kit? Yeah.
1: So I think all of those experiences collectively pushed me to this place where you know, sitting, playing for artists. I didn't necessarily want to play for this music that I don't really have any emotional tie to. Um, I got—I mean, the short of it is I got to a place where I was sick of helping everybody else realize their dream and not mm-hmm. really focus on my own. And I didn't know my dream was to sing, but it's feeling more and more like something I'm supposed to do. Um, and so I've been exploring it. But yeah, like sitting, you know, playing drums and you know, being talented at that. I, you know, <laughs> I started learning that people didn't necessarily and you know, and I could be wrong, but I I felt I was like people don't necessarily I'ma let this bus pass.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I felt that people don't necessarily believe or not believe, but people don't they don't think that they don't love me specifically they love my talent and Mm. so I started feeling used and there were some situations that came up that pretty recently um, that kind of happened out of like some personal life stuff but ended up spilling into like my professional life stuff Mm. and then with some people I worked really closely with it was like one particular thing that I can think of. And we kind of all went back and forth about some songwriting things. And it, and it, you know, it honestly, it hurt my feelings pretty deeply. It hurt. It made me question some friendships and, and I got really mad about it. And I was like, man, what? Oh. And I just started thinking about all the, the years and years of like putting in all this work for people that, in some instances, gets taken for granted, for sure. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to make the active decision to not be that guy anymore. And so, I decided then that Jazz, he, has, he would still be a drummer, but that's not what you were going to know him as. And so, I began to really, it just so happened that me and Ted were already working together. And I, I actually, the, the day that a lot of this stuff happened, I talked to Ted about it, and I was mm. so angry, and he was like, let's Let's pour every bit of that into what we're doing right now. And that's what we did. Wow.
0: (laughs) Wow. The way that you talked through that uh, made me think of a book called The War of Art by Mm. Stephen Pressfield. It's Fantastic about like overcoming the resistance that is stopping you from creating your art and pursuing like your truth. Um, And he has a reference about Madonna, Hmm. right? Like how uh, madonna's not always wearing like a bustier and like sexy pumps you know she's planning yeah. her attack like that's yeah. what madonna's doing and so <laughs> and so i like i heard you and maybe i'm just you know p- pushing this on you but i heard you kind of think of yourself as a character mm-hmm. um who's someone like will know <laughs> in a certain way a la madonna isn't always thinking about madonna but yeah. when she when she is it's like uh very deliberate
1: yeah yeah for sure i that's been a such a motif of my life lately is intention and just really making sure that i know my intention and just focusing my energy into that and just calling in all the things that i'm supposed to mm-hmm. but primarily making sure that the intention behind those things are to launch me to where I want to go. And so, yeah, when I was, when we were starting this project and and talking through a lot of the early things and figuring out, like intention did keep coming up. And I really, it's, you know, again, well, I just love Teddy's, we're there that same page and we're like, all right, this is what we want. This is where it's going to be. And and yeah, you're right. In a sense, I, I do think of myself as as this character, and even now, I'm like, okay, eventually I'm gonna have to get on a stage. I'm like, I don't have to, but I am choosing to get on a stage. Yeah. And what is that going? What is that going to look like for me? What What do I want out of that? And I've never really wanted to to my face essentially to be what Duke Coyote is because that's just not. I've seen that model with some bands I've played with, and that's cool, but that's not what I want. That's not the dynamic I want musically. I don't want it to be like, oh here I am. Where are my spotlights? Like turn me up a little louder in the house. Could you like that's not that's not my vibe at all. I I want my stage vibe with who I'm working with, which is Ted, to just be like, we're just a couple of friends who happen to make some really good music and people want to hear it. So let's just go play it really quick. And then go home and eat. (laughs) (laughs) i like that a lot um
2: i'm wondering too is there someone is there a particular musician or artist that you look up to in particular or or maybe there's multiple um but what comes to mind when you think about inspiration
1: oh man we're about to have a podcast part two (laughs) (laughs) no there are two people who really come to my mind very fast the first guy is quest love um It's just a musician's musician. I, I've always said if I could ever just meet Questlove, not in like a fan sense, just as like a homie hang and just yeah. kick it. Oh God, I I couldn't just hang out. with. I wouldn't want to talk about music with him for a day because that's just impossible. If you ever like follow anything he does on Instagram during the pandemic, he did all of these live DJ sets just about every single day and Mm -hmm. every single one was multiple hours long. Like I'm talking like three to four hours of him playing
0: one artist catalog. Yes. The Stevie, uh, Stevie Wonder one was insane. And Stevie Stevie Wonder calls. I was like, like, yes! He's like, what? I'm sorry. sorry, Mr. Wonder? (laughs) Yeah. That was so cool. Insane, man. Uh, That dude is just like, so i mean he's he's a he's a encyclopedia too of of music history it's incredible it is mind-boggling i
1: mean i don't have enough words at all so i'll go to number two but quest if you ever hear this (laughs) we're gonna
0: figure out how to love that that's the magic wand answer (laughs) give this to quest love (laughs) asap
1: for sure and my 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 second is definitely steve jordan who um he played i don't want to say most notably but uh john mayer trio actually a lot oh. of john mayer records man he's a drummer and i don't know that he i didn't done enough homework to know if he produced any of the john mayer stuff because but he's produced for countless people that you probably um don't even know about but he's another guy who's a musician's musicians he is an incredible drummer and his. Oh, I don't know. I've I researched him a lot and I just love like his story and like how he ended up doing what he does. But he's another dude that's just like super knowledgeable, yeah. just in the way of music and and also clearly the business side of things, because he's you know, I, I like to think he's fairly successful. And I mean, if anybody's getting John Mayer, as <laughs> a lot of my close friends know, God, that's another one. I'm not ashamed of it. I love it. Body is a Wonderland. Come on. It's a lot of bad <laughs> rap. And I'm like, man, just take it away from the music and just listen to those lyrics, man. I think everyone's
2: anybody. secret. And I think I everyone secretly loves that song, whether they want to admit I it or know, okay.
0: not. Right. Well, <laughs> he was, go he was so young when he wrote yeah. that. Like, yeah. he was so young. That was the mm. beginning. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you. So I wish well, I'll do some homework and learn about <laughs> it. Because yeah. I've, like, I've, I've seen him a couple times, I've seen oh, the roots. Nice. Oh, but, damn. um, like, I'm I'm with you on John, uh, or if being adjacent to John Mayer's musical collection means that you're doing something not wrong, like it's you're (laughs) you're very close to right, if if not, at the very least, not wrong. Um, That's awesome. I love those as inspiration and some homework for for sure. And John Mayer,
1: honestly, he's as of late, you know his his lyrical approach to things has really I've always loved the music he write, writes but I've really dove into like his words and how he says things and they've really influenced a lot of this process wow and, and um yeah I, I was thinking the other day I'm like man actually when we were doing touch we were like what is this song gonna be about and I'm sitting back and I had really searched for everything John Mayer's album I've gone through like Me and my girlfriend, Casey, we have a very passionate relationship. And so there's always these ups and downs and the ups are so high and the downs are really low. But I was really trying to channel a lot of those experiences with writing this stuff. And I was listening to the search for everything. realized i was like this is kind of like a breakup album and i didn't realize it until i was kind of going through like one of our breakup one of them there's only been one (laughs) but but we were i was like just really emotional and heartfelt and then and it really i don't know it made me think about things a different kind of way and he just really inspired and and influenced me and still does Yeah, sure.
2: i feel like i listened to that album when i broke up with my like college boyfriend or something that rings bell
1: yeah it's a it's a it's such a great album man that dude is just yeah he's a killer player i mean if the grateful dead is letting him get on stage
0: exactly and and one of the things that uh i I, i've heard him say is like he thinks in terms of blues and like jazz and like very sophisticated like musicality but he's like Damn it! I can only write pop songs, <laughs> Do you know what I mean. <laughs> and so he's like, so I have to play to this to the what's coming out. Yeah, um, that's I, interesting. I, and I also think that he, in the last call, it, two years, has probably taken his own success to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. In so much as like he is more than ever a media company. Like his Instagram, mm-hmm. like his push on Instagram stories has been like prolific. Yes. And his like own you know Sunday talk show that he came out with, yeah. in, insane, <laughs> and and all that points to is like owning your own brand and material in a way, um, and you know he's some sort of crazy outlier as far as I can tell of like yeah. musical talent and also you know there there's plenty of people who say that he's a like a bad person. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, but I know that he has been in the public light mm-hmm. for so long, and he doesn't seem insane, um, <laughs> and like he's failed and he's done good and he's done bad. But like, he is in the process. It seems to me of like really owning his own creation, and yeah. that's cool. Like he he's playing three hour shows of just him, and yeah. and that's that <laughs> ownership thing mm-hmm. that you're you know call it at the other end like early stages um, yeah. but you're following in that same kind of process it looks from the outside of like trying to be an owner of the art and the process and the brand um, and that is exciting to see
1: yeah I you know that's I take that as a very huge compliment <laughs> I we have a running joke that I was like, man, I only really want to get famous so that I can become best friends with John Mayer <laughs> because I know exactly what he'd want for his birthday. And so, <laughs> but yeah. you know, I I do agree with you in the sense that he's he has set up his whole, just yeah, his whole presence. Man, I feel like he truly lives as a human in his artistry and the fame doesn't really, you know, I don't know him personally either. I'd love to, but yeah, I mean, he could be a terrible person, but I feel like he never, he doesn't like defend himself as if he has to, you know, try to atone for anything. And it's, Mm -hmm. and I just really, I really appreciate just how raw and real he can be and lyrically and even Mm -hmm. just as a person, like watching him on his Instagram, he's funny. So funny, face and stuff, and I'm like, man, that's hilarious.
0: (laughs) And I can see why people probably don't like it. Yeah, yeah. but But I uh, I love it. (laughs) I do, I do as well. I think he's probably matured, but yeah, for sure. From the outside in, it's where I, you know, just a Monday morning quarterback. I have no idea what his world's like, (laughs) right? Um, But I do find him particularly funny. Uh, One of the first (laughs) times I realized how funny was uh, is like there's a video of him on YouTube with Kanye West. And he's like, he does this cold open where he's like, "Yo, what's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us. We got one of the baddest men in the game, and Kanye West here today." And like, <laughs> and, you know, and it's it's just that's like so not, you know. Oh, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't I expe- didn't expect that, and I had no idea at the time. It was like 2010 or whatever, and he's with Kanye being funny.
1: Oh man, right? That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, yeah. hard transition from John mm-hmm. Mayer to what's, what's 2020 <laughs> looking like? So you've published this song, <laughs> yes, you know, like yes. on, the, on the rise to uh, John Mayer type fame. Yeah, and Hopefully. clearly we're, we're in un- unprecedented times, as though that's not been said a million times. But like it's, it's whatever plan you might have had for launch, it clearly is, is, is being modified. But what does mm-hmm. a t- back half of 2020 uh, have in store? What are you thinking?
1: Ideally, a lot less crazy. Uh, but yeah I guess you know it's that's become tricky even in the past few days to answer just because there's so much going on just locally and nationally obviously and and it's it's kind of presented this thing of okay well yeah what where what is this about like where is this going like what is again it's coming back to that the intention behind all of this and so essentially it's i think this is it's become clear to me that this is a very it's most most people maybe will disagree but i'm feeling like this is a perfect time for us to build our business and our brand and to really have the space and the moment to focus in on that side of things because the music industry is gonna open back up and it's it'll be a beautiful thing for us to already have all of our ducks in a row as far as like the two coyote brand in music mm-hmm. and so we're trying to like t- take as much positive as we can and use that to like push us forward but also on the other hand be very much aware of what is going around uh, going on around us and and our place and our part and all of those things and you know and and then being a visual artist as well you know that sits in my my brain because I, I take photos and I do always want my photos to say something and so there's so much going on right now that that needs to have it needs eyes on it, so mm-hmm. to speak. And so the I I'm trying to take all of these things in account with like, okay, moving, how are we gonna July, you know, we're in June, July, like August whatever. And and really trying to keep oh <laughs> just Keep our eye on like how not how we're being perceived, but just how we're how we're moving and shaking throughout this tricky time because that's that says a lot. And again, I mean, I can't say uh, Ted is another one of those people where I could have a whole conversation with you about him. And he he's just always on the same page. We're on the same page about so many things. And it, to the the music release was was really like solid, and then it became a little tricky because they were like, "Well, man." I don't know what we should do. Like, do we need to like pause this? And he said, you would be a, you of all people would have the best insight on this. And so we had a long conversation around it and we decided to just everything for a reason. And we already put our stuff down and we said, let's just roll with this. We know where our hearts are at. Mm -hmm. And we can have our hearts here and, and in another space simultaneously if it's true and genuine. And so that's what, just what we've been doing is, focusing on that and knowing that everything else is going to fall into place and yeah we just want to continue pushing the brand and um more songs for sure i'm i'm hoping that i don't know the, the doing the touch as we've jumped into this second song that's untitled we just um the process is even quicker now so i imagine it's only going to be a lot a lot faster so we might release four or five more songs before the year is over. Now that we've got everything, we know how to we've got it figured out a little bit. <laughs> Love it. And we'll just keep growing that and and just remaining aware of like all the things socially going on. And I know, you know, for me as like a, a black man, especially in the South, I'm feeling a lot of this. And so it's it's I'm I've been emotional a lot. And so I've been trying to be like in touch with that, but not act out of that. And so, yeah, it's having this new business venture, so to speak, kind of like being in the front of my mind alongside all these other things. It's been a good place to like pour some frustration and be like, oh, you know what? I want a louder voice. I have a voice, but I want a louder voice. And How can I make my voice louder?
4: Yeah.
2: You can... I want to ask a question, and you can answer this or not answer it, but what would you, with regards to everything that's going on socially right now with the Black Lives Matter, all this movement protest, what would you want to say to our community, the people that are listening here, whether it's just a couple of phrases or a piece of advice or just a thought?
1: Uh So, there was a visual last night, and one girl said something very, very important. This is very specific to the Asheville community. And I do want to take a moment to say something directly because she said it. And she's like, essentially, you know, we live in this town that likes to boast being progressive. And, you know, I'm like, I'm a pretty well educated person. And I'm also, you know, because I work in the music industry, it's pretty hard to like sell me something that doesn't truly exist. Yeah. I don't think that truly exists here. I think it's dope. I think Asheville is a bubble. We have a lot of amazing things that happen throughout our community. Um, but when I talk to my black and brown brothers, sisters or whatever they identify as, when I'm talking to those people, we don't feel represented very well at all she's you know there are committees on this and boards on that and it's like well where are the black people or the brown people that could really show you that i think they should really take a really hard look at that i i like to think of asheville as inclusive and on the surface it is but like and you know in a real way it's not and that that's just how i feel about it and if you know Everything's linked. I am very reachable. So if anyone wants to have an open dialogue about this, I, I, I will talk and listen to anyone about anything. I I will do that. But I do feel like Asheville as a whole. um, Well, it's funny, you said listeners. That's first. Just listen. Just listen. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of opinions flying around right now from people who really don't have a place to have an opinion. And I think that the listening, just listen and maybe just trust that what I'm saying might be, it just might be accurate. (laughs) If I tell you my experience is this on this day all the time or whatever, just maybe think, you know what, that might be my experience, but it's true. Everyone's experience is true. It's your experience, but it it doesn't Mm -hmm. make it not accurate. And so I think that us not, you know, continuing to come together, but a little bit more of the listening and a little bit more like true inclusion. I think, I think Asheville would propel in a real way. I think a lot of change would happen very fast.
0: Yeah, There's a, a motto for my high school that was, uh, it's hard to say it's Latin, but it's Sikisavarishit. We'll mm-hmm. have it spelled in the show notes. <laughs> uh, but the idea is that, like once cut down, it grows back stronger.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, um, that's just something that I've been holding on to in my heart. Is just that we can say pretty clearly that the country, the city, uh, communities are feeling what is what it is to be cut down. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I have faith that um, we'll grow back stronger because of it. I think that there's going to be more listening from us specifically but then from people that look like us um and my hope is that there will be more action and that action brings us all together um and gets us into a community that we're really proud of across the board yeah i really like that
1: i'm gonna adopt that (laughs) i like that a lot
2: okay so we're gonna move into what we call the speed round but it's not really a speed round it's just a few (laughs) random questions so Oof. don't worry <laughs> um okay. my first question for you is do you uh, what is your favorite musical gadget instrument uh
0: did you like that and if, if <laughs> more points more points if it's got a fun name guitar is not a good winner but it could be <laughs> <I know. laughs>
1: oh i got i have one ah mm-hmm. it's, it's a percussive instrument it's called a kashishi and it's it. i think it's spelled c-a-x-i-x-i it's brazilian if i'm correct okay and it uses a drum and you've probably heard a lot of latin music and you hear the percussion going and the shakers mm-hmm. and then you hear like that little and it's like like a, it's so weird it almost sounds like an animal yeah. but it's actually a drum that they rub a rag around on the inside and it, whatever however the science and physics or whatever and the friction happens yeah. and it creates this almost a melodic tone in this hand drum but that's one
0: of my favorite instruments so <laughs> I cannot wait to look that up the thing, <laughs> the thing that I've been like relatively uh, new for me is the thing that people like play with their thumbs it looks like a turtle shell oh you're talking about uh, it'll come to me and it sounds it sounds like unlike anything like kind of like water drops in a in a cave or something it's got like the craziest oh, tone nice. I'm um i thinking about know. something else that's it's like it's, not they that. just play it like on their lap it looks like a little turtle shell i don't know but that's oh, my
1: Oh, i know what you're talking about yeah
0: yeah yeah i have a
1: friend that has a homie that builds those really great percussive guy in greenville has all the things you could imagine and he has one of those
0: and wow i forget what he calls it but so we'll have the really kashishi cool. and the turtle shell <laughs> linked in our show notes page i have a question for you um, was there a song, like a single song as a uh, say young man that you heard and you were like, I need to be in music forever because of this song? Ooh, that's going to take me a minute. Or, you know uh, what I mean? Like where where there was a moment where you're like, music.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I would bet money it's probably a gospel song, Ed. At- okay. Since so much of my music relationship mm-hmm. ties to there, uh, uh, I think the first one is called "the S- The Sun Is Gonna Shine" after a while, and I cannot remember who the original performer of that song is. But if I heard it, I would know it. Oh, I'll have to look it up. But it's, it's called "The Sun Is the Sun Is Gonna Shine" after a while
0: if that I mean I just I can't imagine what the song I, I can guess what the song is about but it feels like that's a hopeful song yeah and the sun <laughs> is gonna shine after a while man dang okay Sarah next up speed round
2: uh I'm gonna jump to our our last question which is uh if we had a magic wand or someone in our audience had a magic wand what one thing would you wish for right now goodness could be quest love just saying uh, no <laughs> Yep. No. <laughs> uh,
1: what would I wish for? Man, I would just wish for just like com- I don't know, complete understanding among individuals. I think that that would because that, that transcends into a lot of different places, and I think that yeah. would be really nice. Hmm. You know, it's nothing like feeling misunderstood. But I think if you can like understand your your partner beside you it's just like
0: cool yeah yeah I, I mean i love that and one of the things that stands out for me is like understanding does not necessarily mean agreement right and i think that that is what's being lost it's like people aren't even trying to understand because yeah. they just assume that they don't agree and that's not a good place to start from it's just like a bad place to start i agree uh, I definitely yeah be. yeah, yeah. Uh, all uh, right. Well, I love that as a wish. Empathy, compassion, understanding, all mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. With that, the last, last, last is uh, we we're gonna have this all linked. But how would people, you know, connect with you on the world wide web, digitally, Spotify, Instagram, whatever is important to you? Shout yeah. it out.
1: Um. Yeah. All music platforms for sure for listening. If you wanna reach me, I I'm, I post a decent amount of my Instagram at strong magnum opus all one word also dj under that name so um you can find me there you can find me on facebook uh same thing strong magnum opus uh yeah just shoot me a message if you want to find me there Um, yeah follow all that stuff (laughs) and coyote also lives on those same platforms
2: all right awesome thank you so much jazz
1: (laughs) yeah thank you guys so much
0: And that was episode 59 with Jaz as the artist, artist, photographer, musician, singer. Um, and we are just honored to share his story and, and be a part of this new songs launch and the future of the Two Coyote project. As it grows, we will continue to support and champion uh jazz and, and all of his music but please 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 uh stick around to the end of this episode because jazz gave us the go-ahead on playing the song so if you haven't heard it you're thinking about it what's it's going to sound like stick around
2: and of course if there's um something you heard in the episode you want to get connected with jazz and all of his product projects we have all the links available on making it forward slash zero five nine
0: And if you liked this episode, please let us know. You would do that by leaving a review. We have links to it in the show notes page. We have links to it on most every podcast player. Uh, Please leave a a five-star review, a quick comment to let us know that this podcast and the stories we get to tell about the community, the artists, and entrepreneurs in town are meaningful to you. That helps their story get heard. And for that, we're grateful.
2: Uh, Huge thanks to our sponsors of this season and this episode, Range Urgent Care. Uh, Range is completely reimagining the way that traditional urgent care is being done with things like transparent pricing, uh, the ability to schedule your visit so you can avoid pretty much Wait time any wait time at all before you go in, um, as well as subscription memberships where you can pay a certain amount every month and get a certain number of access throughout the year um, at a very, very affordable rate. We have a very special offer for you that's just for Making It In Asheville listeners. You can get a free month of any annual subscription at Range Urgent Care simply by visiting makingitinashville.com forward slash range. Alternatively, when you go to sign up for Range Urgent Care, you can either just tell them that we sent you or enter the code. Of making it in Asheville.
0: perfect thank you the other sponsor technically of this podcast is our own business it's called making it creative it, with making it creative we work with businesses around Asheville, around the country and across the world now uh, on their marketing strategies specifically with regards to driving sales so what we want to do is work with businesses that have meaningful stories to tell, help tell those stories as powerfully as possible to build deep relationships with customers and have those customers willing, eager, excited to spend more and champion the business that we're working with, their brand. And so if that is exciting or interesting or uh, novel, let's say even, to you, please visit makingitcreative.com and you'll see more about our business and more about how we can uh, get in touch.
2: Don't forget that we have uh, upcoming events. You can always check those out at makingitinashville.com forward slash events. Uh, Every month we have our Monday Maker Mixer, which is our social networking event. We get together with other local businesses here in Asheville. We share uh, what we're in need of, what uh, we can offer, and just generally what we're up to. Um, So again, makingitinashville.com forward slash events, as well as if you subscribe to our newsletter, you'll be the first to hear about upcoming events as well.
0: And our newsletter is really, uh, I'd say one of the primary focuses of this, of our project. If you're on the newsletter, you get to hear about these episodes as they come out. You get to hear about events as they're announced and you get to hear about any other projects uh, that we're working on here at Making It in Nashville. One of those projects that you would have heard about if you're on our email list is we've just announced a t-shirt. That t-shirt says on it rather simply, uh, doing okay-ish in Asheville. It is a quote from one of our podcast guests, Miles Alexander. Uh, It started as a joke then and has, uh, I think, taken on a slightly more serious tone in our world. Um, Our hope is that you are doing okay-ish in Asheville. It's been a really crazy run the last couple months. Um, And so with this shirt, what we're doing is actually uh, using it to to make donations to the WYMCA here in Asheville. The WYMCA's uh, expressed mission is to uh, end racism and um, support women. Those are two things that we firmly can stand behind and proudly stand behind. And so if you visit makingitinashville.com or subscribe to our email list, we'll make it very easy for you to see that shirt and support um, that mission by wearing a shirt that's probably a little bit funny and probably a little dead on. (laughs) We're just all doing okay-ish right now. Um, But with that, I just want to say we are always open to new podcast guests. If you or someone you know would like to be a podcast guest, please let us know. How should they do that, Sarah?
2: You can visit com forward slash podcast. Um, We're also welcome you to attend one of our Monday Maker Mixers events. We are held on the last uh, Monday of the month because um, we'd love to meet you. We'd love to hear your story uh, and just get to know you either virtually or in person. Yeah.
0: So thank you for making it all the way here to the cheap seats to the very, very end of episode 59. Uh, and now as the last thing that you'll hear in this episode, uh, touch Bye coyote please enjoy and we'll five. see you next week sitting here
3: do i send this text just to be clear it's not about the past or anything we had get you in these sheets i've got to ask would you come through to the things we Your skin, just tell me where to have from head to toe. It won't end. I need you, I need your touch. but what yeah. happened